Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, world. Welcome once again to Tuesday Talk with Key West Lou. I am your host, Louis Patron. Another bad week for the world and probably a bad week for the country. Uh, finally, something has replaced Donald Trump in the news, and that is what happened in Brussels at 8 o'clock this morning with the explosion. I am not going to bore you with all the details because that's all that's been on television all day and last night. So I'm going to get into it, though. There's a point I wish to make about Brussels. We know that today there was two airport explosions and one and another explosion at a meter stop. Meter stops in Brussels are subway stops. Uh, about 8 o'clock this morning, uh, Brussels time, the, the, they were terrorists or suspected to be terrorists. Uh, they're flashing pictures of three of them uh, from a video camera on TV tonight. Uh, apparently, two blew themselves up, and the third, they're not sure whether his whatever he had, his bombs, did not go off. So far, 34 have been reported dead and 191 wounded, 10 of them critical. Brussels is the home of the Euro Union. Yes, the Euro Union, the 17 nations who grouped together to run Europe. That is where their home is, their headquarters, etc. Fancy buildings, fancy flags, everything. It is thought that perhaps what happened in Brussels today is the result of a, an arrest of a major ISIS member uh, four days ago in Brussels. And that probably motivated the, this attack. The shame of it, or any attack is a shame, any bombing is a shame, but here, these people make their own explosives. This one, these explosives were full of nails, nails, and the nails shot into all the people, those killed, those wounded. All day, people who were involved in the bombings have had nails pulled out of them. That's just the way it's described. The doctors and nurses are busy pulling nails out of people. Uh, there is a nuclear facility nearby in Brussels, and there's a concern that there may be an attack on that facility. All staff employees were ordered out today. It's being guarded from the outside. No one knows. Why am I talking about this when the whole world's talking about it, TV, newspapers, radio? Because I, I have an observation. I have a criticism. Uh, I have a recommendation. It seems that when the ter the terrorist attack, whether it's in the United States, it's in Brussels, or it's in England, or it's in France, we're reactive. They beat us up. They hit us. They killed some of our people. We're going to get them. And we go out and we do capture them. We always get the bad guys. Uh, and we deal with them. That's called reacting. That's reactive. I want to know why we can't be proactive. Why do we have to wait till they hit us before we hit them? We know that in every free country in the world today, we know that in the United States there are all kinds of icy cells, there are other type uh, terrorists. Our home security people know what's going on. They know where they are. Why can't we chase their asses before they come after us? 
there's probably a reason for it, but I don't think I'm going to understand it, whatever it is. I say, seek them out, arrest them, do whatever you have to do, so they don't hit us first. We should hit them first. We must be proactive. Now I'm going to talk about two good things. Uh, the first one has to do with General Mills. They make food for us, uh, cereals and everything else. General Mills announced this past week that all of their products are now going to contain a label if they have in the ingredients GMOs, genetically modified ingredients. They're going to put on the label GMOs. That's also the public knows, the buying public knows. Those that wish to stay healthy know that there are genetically modified organisms uh, in the food structure within the box or can or what have you. Now, I think that's a good thing. This is a major corporation worldwide, not just nationwide, and they're taking a step forward and being the good guy because this labeling thing's been going on for five years. Do we label, don't label? We've been trying to get companies to label, and General General Mills, rather, is one of the first ones to do it, and they are to be complimented. The problem is Congress. A bill was introduced in the United States Congress recently to prohibit GMO labeling, okay, on anything. We're talking about the states can't say it's okay, and food manufacturers can't put it on. If there's genetically modified ingredients in there, it's no one's business except for the manufacturer of the food product. And Congress has support for this, by the way, because, you know, the corporations own Congress, and they support this thing about the GMO labeling. And so I'm curious to see where this whole thing goes. But, again, General Mills is to be complimented. The Congress is doing its usual uh, stupid wrongs-type activity, which now brings me to a real big thing. Uh, This happened in New York, and it was announced yesterday, New York State. It's a very strange development. Forty New York millionaires, in a letter to New York Governor Cuomo, said taxes should be raised on the rich. You heard me. Forty millionaires, New York millionaires, said raise our taxes, Governor Cuomo. Raise taxes on the rich. The 1% is how they described it. And they said these monies that you're going to take in from the extra taxation should be used to pay for infrastructure repair and alleviating poverty. Whatever it's used to pay for, it's, it's, it's a hopeful, hopeful thing that these millionaires say taxes. We can afford it. Uh, they claim, these 40 millionaires, and they quote, they have the ability and the responsibility to pay their fair share. They, it's to pay our fair share. Isn't that amazing? They're admitting that they have the ability and the responsibility to pay their fair share. They also say, and I quote, We can afford to pay more. We can afford to pay more. The the 40 millionaires include members of the Rockefeller family and the Walt Disney family. They are to be complimented, these 40 millionaires. Now we go to paradise. We're going to go, this is an unusual paradise. Uh, Most of you are probably unaware of it. I just tripped across it in the last few days. But there is a paradise in this world, what has been described as a paradise, where everyone is divorced. It's the Maldives, M-A-L-D-I-V-E-S, Maldives Islands. There's 1,200 of them, tiny islands, and they're very far, a long way south of India. It's, it's referred to as the islands of a thousand honeymooners. 
and a thousand divorcees. An island of a thousand honeymooners and islands of a thousand divorcees. It has the highest divorce rate in the world. The Guinness World Record is given to the Maldives for having the highest divorce rate in the world. The United Nations recently uh, put out some statistics on it, and they said that most 30-year-old women, most women by the time they reach 30 in the Maldives Islands, have been divorced three times. Now, why is this happening? Let me, let me say first, though, they have 11 divorces per 1,000 people there. The United States, in the United States, we only have four divorces per 1,000 people. So you can see they're really running fast. We have all these divorces in this country. It's kid stuff compared to what they're doing out there on the islands. Why is this happening? Well, you have to start with the fact the Maldives are Muslims. It's a Muslim country. It's a very warm country. The young ladies, they're Muslims, but they're not Muslims, I guess. They run around in their bikinis all the time, bikini-clad young bodies. And this is how it was described in my research. They're horny at 18. They're horny at 18. And you've got to remember, the Muslim religion does not permit premarital sex. So what do they do? They get married. They don't have a long courtship. They get married. And when they get sick of each other, they divorce. You've got to remember, divorce under Islamic law is quite easy. The man in front of witnesses looks at his wife and says three times, I divorce you, I divorce you, I divorce you. They're divorced. That's it. Getting married is even easy. It takes a $10 fee. You file it with somebody that says you just got married and you're married. Divorce, again, as I showed you, costs nothing. Uh, this is a problem. The young people, the young people, again, Male and female are turned on sexually, and they're taking advantage of it, and they're marrying. And when they get sick of each other, they get a divorce, so everybody's married three times by the time they're 30. I love it, okay? Because, and also, divorce carries no stigma in the Islamic religion, no stigma at all. We're going to talk about pornography now. Uh, too many crazy people in this world. Too many religious zealots in this world. Uh, too many people who want to uh, put their nose into people's personal lives, sexual lives. Uh, I believe that anything that goes on between two people, consenting adults is proper, especially if it's in the confines of a closed room, probably a bedroom. Well, here's what's happening. The last Friday, this past Friday, the Utah House of Representatives, remember Utah's the state where the Mormons settled, passed a bill declaring pornography is a public health crisis. Pornography is a public health crisis. The Senate had already passed the bill. It's going to the governor, and the governor, it is anticipated, will sign it. And what they're saying, the people who support this bill, and they're religious zealots, there's no question about it, because you have to understand, the issue of pornography was dealt with 30, 40 years ago by the United States Supreme Court. Whether it's a dirty picture, a woman bare ass, or it's a dirty film, it's considered protected by the First Amendment. It is freedom of expression. It's a set, fixed issue, but legislators, primarily Republicans, the religious right, I don't know if these people are, and they've been fighting birth control for 50 years, even though it was declared okay, and they've been fighting abortion 
that long, even though it was found to be proper and legal. So they're out there, and they're saying, and this, listen to what they're saying in support of this bill having been passed that it declares pornography is a public health crisis. They're saying they liken, they liken, okay, pornography to an infectious disease. Yep, they liken it to an infectious disease like the flu, cholera, diphtheria, and polio. That's what they liken uh, pornography to. And they say pornography needs to be eradicated, okay? Pornography needs to be eradicated. However, they're going at it slowly. And this issue of legislators, this is all over the country, not in Utah, by the way. There's a growing movement. Uh, it's becoming increasingly popular amongst religious lawmakers. Uh, they they say, the Utah group who support this, say they want to control pornography. They don't want to ban it because they know you got a United States Supreme Court decision. They want to control it like we control tobacco. They want evidence printed, put out to the American public, showing that pornography is harmful. Now, I say these people are crazy. Uh, we have enough problems in this country. Let's for, forget about pornography. Let's worry about the Flint situation and the six million people across the United States that have lead in their water because the infrastructure has never been repaired and the lead pipes replaced. Let's worry about more jobs. Let's worry about the economy. Let's worry about the important things. Uh, Maybe these people can't take care of the important things, and that's the reason. I don't know, but this is wrong. You're going to hear a lot about it as we go along. I'm going to talk now about Count Victor Lustig. Count Victor Lustig. You've heard of people who try to sell the Brooklyn Bridge, but I never heard of anyone specifically like Tom Jones tried to sell the Brooklyn Bridge. And do you know so-and-so bought the Brooklyn Bridge? But there have been attempts to sell the Brooklyn Bridge, Again, I don't know if it was ever successful. Count Victor Lustig is a creature of the first half of the 20th century, and his claim to fame is, for real, he sold the Eiffel Tower two times. Would you believe he sold the Eiffel Tower for a good buck two times? He has been described as the world's greatest con man. A book was recently written about him called Handsome Devil by Jeff Mache, M-A-Y-S-H. You can get it on Amazon.com. I read some excerpts. It's interesting. It's interesting that someone would be gullible enough to buy the Eiffel Tower. I want to talk about Hillary Clinton. We've been talking about, everybody's been talking about Donald Trump. Let's talk about Hillary Clinton here for a few minutes. Uh, I see attacks coming on against Hillary Clinton that people haven't thought about yet. Now, And it's going to come, and Republicans and Democrats do what I'm, I'm talking about. They're both guilty of pulling this kind of crap that I'm going to describe. Both parties are adept at destroying uh, presidential candidates, okay? They know how to destroy a presidential candidate who has done good deeds. The perfect example is John Kerry, who ran for uh uh, president several years ago. John Kerry was a hero during the Vietnam War. He signed up more than once. He received many big-time medals. He received Purple Hearts. And you recall he was in the swift boating thing, and it was very dangerous work. 
Uh, everybody loved him. He got all these medals, and look, he became a United States senator and ran for president of the United States. Well, what happened? When he started running for president, the Republicans said, hey, he's no hero. All this is malarkey. He pushed to get these medals. He really didn't do anything. And they got a couple of his the men who were under him uh, to testify, to openly state on television that John Kerry didn't do any of these things. He, 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 was, he pushed himself. He made all this up. It's bullshit. And a number of the American public bought it. And that's probably what cost him a close election. Then there's Milt Romney. The Democrats are no good in this regard either. Mitt Romney in 2012, okay, he was a successful businessman. His record as a businessman is was outstanding, okay? However, they began describing him based on some of his activities, which you, they were twisted a bit to make him look bad, and they made him into a vulture venture capitalist. My God, there's nothing worse than a venture capitalist and Worse than that is a vulture venture capitalist. Now, what's going to happen to Hillary, who's going to run? She's going to get the nomination. What's going to happen to Hillary in 2016? Well, we know the usual things that are going to happen to her. They're going to go after her for NAFTA. They're going to go after her for the email server. They're going to go after her for Benghazi. Okay? What else are they going to do? I believe they are going to attack Hillary Clinton on her strengths. Just like John Kerry's strength was his war record. Uh, Mitt Romney's record was his great businessman over the years. They're going to go after her strengths. And uh, they're going to hit her on the hardest things. Now, what are they going after? They're going to go after her foreign affairs record. She was Secretary of State for four years. They're going to go after some things that happened under uh, while she was in office as Secretary of State. The first thing. If you recall, Libya is screwing up North Africa. Libya is like Iraq. Bush II went into Iraq, got rid of Hussein. Hussein had kept the whole Middle East out of trouble, kept everybody under his thumb. Nobody fought with anybody. We took down Hussein. Bush II took down Hussein. And what happens, what you see today in the Middle East is a result of what Bush II did. Well, Hillary's an econ. She likes going to war. That's been established already. She overthrew Muammar Gaddafi in Libya. Libya's in North Africa. Libya today has genocide, major wars, etc., etc., etc. And they're going to say that she didn't do the right thing. She didn't pay attention. She is giving credit for ridding Libya of Gaddafi, when in reality, he was Hussein in Libya, and she screwed up all of North Africa. And what about Putin? All right. He went into the Ukraine. What did the United States do to get him out of the Ukraine? Zip. Nothing. I remember Obama saying, if they cross the red line, we're going to have to do something. Well, he did diddly dip. Now, who was advising him during uh, the Ukraine situation? Hillary Clinton. She was Secretary of State. And they're going to go after her on that. Uh, what about China? China, in the last, while she was Secretary of State in for, that, that four or five year period, China expanded its power militarily in the Pacific big time. 
They went from basically no Navy to 350 vessels, new naval war vessels. We only have 275, and they're old. They've got all kinds of missiles. They've got a missile that is said that out of the South China Sea, they they built these they built islands where there's no island. They created an artificial island and put airfields on these islands. That's all they got is an airfield and some place for the guys to live who are flying the planes. It is said those planes can carry missiles and their new ships can shoot missiles to reach the United States. Right? So what did we do to stop China's expansion? Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. Japan was saying these are our islands, the South China Sea belongs to us. We didn't get involved, basically. And who's advising Obama? Who advised Obama not to do anything when he said he was going to do something? I drew the red line in the sand. Uh, it was That was with the Ukraine, I'm sorry. But she's the one who advised the president all the time, and she didn't do it right. And another thing is her health. Her health, mark my words. You recall at the end of 2012, she fell down and she was home for a couple of months because she had a head injury. They're going to say she's not physically in shape to be president of the United States. They're going to claim she's suffering from a traumatic brain injury that covers a multitude of sins, traumatic brain injury. And this uh, makes her less capable or incapable of performing the duties of president. Those are the issues you're going to hear about. Uh, and these are things people normally wouldn't think about, but that's what's coming against Hillary, I believe. California, they need water. They are desperate for water. So are many other states, but California is the worst. I wrote a lengthy article, lengthy column on this for Conk Life several months ago. They're in desperate shape. They, they can't grow all the food they were growing, all the fruits they were growing. Uh, they just don't have enough water. They have to ration water. Uh, people are unhappy because they don't have enough water. And what are we going to do about the drought? Where do you get the water from? Well, you need rain. And what they're doing, and I I only thought this happened in movies, all right, uh, or in fiction stories. California is trying to help itself. It is performing weather modification, weather modification. They are seeding clouds chemically to make it rain they're seeding clouds chemically to rain hasn't worked yet but this is what they're doing and i compliment them for trying we talk about migration immigration people leaving the middle east coming in through turkey uh ending up all over europe and by the hundreds of thousands and screwing populations up governments up and everything else north africa once Gaddafi was out, and this major war started amongst the several countries in North Africa. So North Africa is, is Muslim. They're black, but they're Muslim. And they're, where are they going? They're going to Italy. They're starting their trip to Italy. They're trying to get to Sweden, all of them, okay? And people are getting nervous because they don't like Jews. They don't like Jews. Jews... Uh, it's starting again all over the world. It's been starting for several years, and it's increasing. Anti-Semitism. And apparently, uh, in some places where the Muslims have settled in, the Jews aren't waiting. 
They're not going to do what happened in the 1930s, and they're going to stay in Germany because nothing bad's going to happen. They're getting their asses out of the places where it is happening. And they're going to Israel, France, for example. Last year, a record number of those of the Jewish faith left France for Israel, 8,000 people. Now, we know France has trouble with the Muslims. They have taken over whole neighborhoods. The police cannot go in and enforce the law. They don't even go into certain neighborhoods. I've written about this in detail. They have set up in certain areas Sharia courts where they only apply Islamic law, criminal and civil. And they're getting nervous, these people. So 8,000 of them last year took off for Israel. Eastern Europe sent another 15,000 of the Jewish faith. It is reported that last year the lar- was the largest immigration to Israel in 10 years. Now, why does Israel take them? Well, we all know why Israel take, takes them. Remember Israel's motto. Their motto is law of return. I repeat, law of return. Israel is the home of every Jew. Any Jew that wants to be admitted seeks the the safety and the home. A home in Israel is welcome. Israel is the home of every Jew. It is the law of return. Again, these people want to get out of France. They want to get out of the Eastern Bloc countries because of ISIS. You got the ISIS sends terrorists in. You got the Muslim people who have gone radical crazy like ISIS, and they don't feel safe, so they're getting out. The Pope, Pope Francis. Now, who could be a better guy? Uh, whether you're Catholic is immaterial. Even non-Catholics seem to admire this man. He has been Pope now for three years, Pope Francis. The problem is he's getting no cooperation in the job from the cardinals and bishops. Uh, the Catholic Church, the hierarchy of the Catholic Church, is conservative. Uh, their best friend, the there is an organization called the, the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops. They're headquartered in Denver. Their budget's into $100 millions of dollars a year. Their best friends are the religious right and the Republican Party. They've been coming out the past two years. The religious right says something. The Catholic Church says something, supporting it, and vice versa. Well, and the Catholic Church is traditional. They're very, they're very, they're very strict in their interpretations of the Bible. The problem is, most ninety-nine percent of the issues that the cardinals and bishops don't want changed in France is done. It does are man-made rules. You know, you can read the Bible, but sometimes it's not clear. Just like the Koran isn't. And men have interpreted, Muslims have interpreted the Koran erroneously in some instances. And the and these bishops and cardinals are interpreting the Bible in the wrong way. And that's man-made law, and that can be changed. It is claimed that there is 1.2 billion Catholics in, in, in the United States, member, not in the United States, in the world, uh, all members of the Catholic Church. And these conservative cardinals and bishops believe that Francis's push to open the windows of the church, the doors of the church, let divorced people back in, let this group back in, they receive the sacraments who couldn't receive them, bring everybody back, because as Francis says, we are all God's children. And that's a very simple statement that says a lot. They're fighting it. They want the stale air to stay in the church. They want the door shut and the nails 
and the windows nailed shut. Uh, so Francis is getting a hard time. Everything he wants to do, they're on his ass and are voting against him and so forth. They even have congresses. The Catholic Church is apparently set up like a, a, a nation, a country. The Pope's the president, and they have their legislative bodies, and the legislative bodies, which consists, again, of bishops and cardinals, are giving him a very hard time. He's out there doing his job, though, and I think he's going to get things done. But this poor man is getting his ass whipped. I apologize for saying it that way. Well, that's the show for this week. I, I thank you for joining me once again. I love doing the show, and I appreciate the fact that you enjoy listening. The show is archived, and I know most of you listen to the show in its archived version on Block Talk Radio and YouTube. The show is also linked to the Key West Lou website. I wrote a book, I tell you every week, The World Upside Down. If you like the show, buy my book. If you don't, don't buy the book. Uh, the book is similar to the type of comments I make here. Thank you again for joining me this week. I look forward to being with you next week. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.